It's the Esports Connected podcast, where we welcome members of the Esports Trade Association to share their experiences in the world of esports and gaming. I'm your host, Megan Van Petten. Welcome to the Esports Trade Association with Brandon Chalker. Yeah. <laughs> Alliance. Yes. So I was referred here uh, by one of our advisory board members, Jim O'Hagan, down in the Southern Wisconsin area. Uh, and he just said, hey, you know, if you're continuing to get involved in this, this is a place you got to be. And so I kind of did my research as anyone would do, but just kind of seeing the way you're bringing people together from all over the country, really, is it is a microcosm what we are trying to do. I think what you are doing is at a more macro level. And so it was really just a blessing to, to find you guys and to kind of, since we've become a member, the benefits have been great. I mean, this is a really professional association, right? Right? So the resources and the types of materials we get access to, this meetings and the you know chances to connect, that's best in class. So I think we've really had a really great start to the relationship and glad to be on here today and excited to see others in the future. The same kind of benefit we're getting, I look to learn from the other folks in the association down the line. We've been around since probably mid-year 2020, somewhere in that kind of time frame. And I think uh, the idea for what we've done was sort of generated out of the knowledge that uh, if you were to try at that time to find out information about esports, particularly as it pertained to what was happening around like our region, you were really going to have a hard go of it. And so I think, you know, kind of understanding that there are a lot of different silos occurring as there are across the country, but even in our region specifically with esports or people kind of pursuing it, it just felt like one of those things where maybe there'd be advantage to kind of bringing everyone together, at least to understand what's available, where it's available, who are the key players. And then I think probably the more ambitious goal of that is just so then once we know those things, how do we work together to kind of get to a rising tide lift all ships approach so that we can all kind of grow together. And then I think macroeconomically, how can we make the city of the region stand out? And that's, I think, kind of the fun to come. But so that's sort of where we're at today is just sort of that this was our problem. What can we do to solve it? Right, right. So yeah, you're, you're, you're really putting yourself on the map here with esports. Can you tell, tell us a little bit about your vision? Yeah, I mean, so it's it's mine as well as I would say the advisory boards, really. I mean, I think I think from my lens, this is just Brandon speaking, like for this entity and for really any of it to be successful, it's going to really depend on the community. It's not a one person thing. And so I think that I have sort of tried to help be a curator of that vision in terms of, you know, the types of materials we use to tell the story and the places that we tell the story and kind of trying to provide some value there. But a lot of what we're kind of thinking about right now for both this year, 2023, and kind of into the future is being generated by the people who are kind of in the in the thick of it and the thick of making this stuff happen. And so, you know, at a high level, I think this year, our ambition lies around continuing to sort of shore up what you would call the MK Esports and Milwaukee Esports Alliance, right? Like as a business, as an entity, really trying to ensure that we've got good, sustainable economics, that we've got a, a vision that people can get on board with making those community connections. So just trying to really strengthen that as an organization. And then, you know, sort of short term, we're looking at things like partnering with big groups in the area. Summerfest is a fairly well-known from the Midwest, at least, although they would say they're the biggest in the world. God bless marketing. You know, Summerfest is a pretty big local music festival. And so we're trying to kind of work with them maybe for 21 in some smaller capacity. 
likely just given the current state of affairs, 2022 a little bit more broadly, but to get a festival inclusion esports event. They had been reached out to by several, I would say, larger international agencies that had kind of uh, prompted that idea for them. And they were sort of looking into it, but without real, I would say, like, what can we do with this? Just sort of as a like, we'll entertain any idea. But I think that there's opportunity maybe there to at least do something in the short term to kind of set the tone for that going forward. You know, Bucks Gaming is our professional sports team here in Milwaukee. And so there's emphasis from the community on trying to understand and and cultivate that relationship more to help grow kind of our community awareness, to help grow their community integration. So we're working with them. And then we've actually got a fairly large public school system in Milwaukee called Milwaukee Public Schools that has, I think, what would be described as the start of a program, really motivated, passionate people who are starting in different capacities to work on things. And I think we're believing that with our team and with kind of our say reach into the community abroad, that we might be able to help assist with that. So those are some of our, you know, let's try to maybe knock off these things in the next 12 to 24 months. And then past that, I mean, I think like most, I think we're trying to think about how could tournaments take shape. That's a big, seems like buzzword these days, right? How can we facilitate local large scale tournaments to bring people together? And that's kind of an exciting proposition. Legislation is a big one. So we've got lobbyists and we've got people in state government that seem to see sort of the momentum in esports. <clears throat> and I think at a certain level, understand just the dollar signs associated with that which is fine. I think we can help be the catalyst and the voice to say like, yep, there are perhaps dollar signs associated with this, but at the end of where those dollar signs go to is people's lives improving and sort of an opportunity for everyone to get involved in this new and cool way to sort of compete and work as a team and all of the things I could imagine those more well-versed than I could speak to the benefits on. So we've got some legislative stuff and, you know, Wisconsin's a fairly rural state. We're not trying to solve it for everywhere in Wisconsin, but I think in Milwaukee and Southern Wisconsin, and even, you know, as we pertain down to Chicago in some ways, there's a lot of rural access needs. And so I think it's a, it's on the hearts and minds of the advisory board myself that, hey, if we can advocate and work with partners that could help potentially provide more high-speed internet access out to rural areas, it will ultimately benefit them with new customers. But I think it also benefits our region if we can continue to make this more accessible than ever. Yeah, tell tell me a little bit about that the that issue, the high speed internet. I, I saw that somewhere in when I was going through some of the some of the the challenges you guys are having. Yeah, and I think the this is one that's been probably most voiced expertly anyway by Mike Dolly, who's the president of the Wisconsin Esports High School Association. You know, they just concluded here their 2021 playoffs for Overwatch and Smash Brothers. It was a really successful undertaking. You know, the prior year, of course, it had been, I believe, at maybe Madison College with a couple hundred spectators and streaming, and it was this really immersive and successful event. Well, this year, of course, as things have had to evolve, they had to turn it completely online and digital, which they were able to do, which is, I, again, I think a testament to the esports, to the opportunity, I mean, the accessibility. However, you know, one of the things that Mike described as I was kind of just interviewing him and finding out from him, you know, what challenges did you overcome is that there are many schools, of course, because this is in the scholastic realm for high school that are in-person, hybrid, totally at home. And that created an uneven playing field in many cases, because maybe for those that were uh, completely virtual, 
if their students or their competitors are in rural parts of the state, they don't have access to high-speed internet. Like there's just, uh, we're a farm and agriculture community. In many respects, the state still at large, particularly outside of Milwaukee and Madison. And so, you know, just the challenge that comes with, well, one of our, you know, competitors doesn't have access at home. What do we do? How do we solve for that equation? And so Mike, Mike can speak more expertly to that and how they were over to overcome, but just in kind of casually talking with him and getting a feel for what happened this year, that was one of the big ones. And so I think you think of it in that context, you hope that as this COVID starts to dissipate and we start to get more on top of it, kind of in our culture, that it won't be as broad, but the need is still there. And so I think this has really exacerbated it, but that we're going to try to put that on our radar. Clearly you're very passionate about what you're doing. And I, I took a look at all of all of the things you've done. I mean, you, you're a natural born leader, 40 under 40. I mean, you know, lots of lots of great, you know, recognition. I even read somewhere that you've been referred to as Mr. Milwaukee. And you know, <laughs> how great is that? You know, just 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 being recognized as a leader. I I I see that and I know you're very humble. But you know, turning turning over <laughs> turning over the rocks and really trying to create change is so needed, especially in a, a rural state like Wisconsin. Yeah, so. we we can use more innovators, as can everywhere. But it's certainly a community here um, of innovators that are trying to continue to do cool things, continue to try to partner tear down geographic boundaries, right? Like we're blessed to have a Chicago nearby the Milwaukee Madison 94 corridor is something to be worked on. You know, there's a lot of macroeconomic things happening regionally in healthcare and in tech and other spaces. I'd like to throw esports into that, that we have to work together on. And so I'm glad to hopefully be a part of that, to be someone who's advocating for it, who sees the opportunity and the a way that it can help everyone. And so, yeah, it's been fun. There's been, uh, you know, those, those pieces of recognition, like they feel good. You're always grateful. Sure. I think what it has been, what I have appreciated the most is that in many cases, like when you enter into a new space like this, sometimes they're a foot in the door. It's a reason for why should anyone listen to you? <laughs> you yeah. know, why, why do you deserve time or, you know, this conversation versus anyone who just puts, you know, kind of esports and their banner and so hopefully in combination with some of that prior success and opportunity to help with a good website, with good teammates, with great advisory board members, like I do think that we can present and execute like a vision. And so I'm, I'm hopeful that that'll be a differentiator. I think that's, uh, in my experience, what it's taken to see other things kind of rise above a crowded field. And so I'm hopeful that that'll happen here too. Yeah. What, what a great way to help pave the way. And I, I, I like your story about that your parents were really conservative and very disciplined about you and, and growing up and that your one of your missions is to raise awareness for technology and esports. And, you know, it's it's great to have great parents and and keeping an eye on you. But I, I really like that story. If you wanted to tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it's an interesting one, right? I got a 17-month-old son now. And so a lot of this was sort of cultivating in my mind, just since, you know, becoming a parent, you start to remember and learn a lot about like, oh, here are why things were done. Maybe it makes more sense now. Mm-hmm. So that's been, it's been a fun journey. You know, I think I always tell the story because by nature, I'm actually a little bit 
truth be told, collector of retro video games and a retro video game community enthusiast. That tends to be sort of where I operate day to day, even as much or more so than in, let's call it the modern or esports gaming realm. And, you know, I'll always joke because I remember very specifically when I was 10 years old, up until that point, at least at home, and I had a divorced family, but on both sides of the the, uh, the aisle, owning a console was just like not in the cards because of sort of a, hey, we want you outside playing. That's just those, you know, it's turning kids' minds into mush. You know, this is not video game, something we want you to spend a ton of time on. And so I got all of my video gaming in seemingly everywhere else through parents who didn't have to feel that same way. But on my 10th birthday, I got to rent PlayStation. And so, cause I was having a birthday party. And so I got to rent a PlayStation. I got the PS one was what it was at the time. And I remember I got uh, NBA live 98, which was, you know, the basketball franchise at that time. Now, of course it's 2k in a big way, but we got to rent and play that game. And, you know, timing wise is sort of interesting. We're two days past the anniversary of Kobe Bryant's untimely demise, but playing as Kobe was the thrill of my 10 year old life, you know, getting to play Kobe Bryant on NBA Live 98 meant everything to me. And I guess I bring just the story up in the way that like, it's funny, the things you remember over time and the feeling of being surrounded by my friends, having a system finally, you know, playing as my childhood idol, Kobe. And like, that was just, I think to me, set the tone. Like gaming hasn't always been this, like every single day lifestyle thing for me. I've been been an athlete all my life. I've been able to do business things. Like it's not like this is the full-time spectrum or hobby, but it just showed me that even for someone like me, this can be a really big part of your life. And so when I kind of translate that into this modern gaming realm, it, it is a passion just because I see that, you know, the fears of formerly not amounting to anything in your life because you play a lot of video games. I just, we're dispelling that. And certainly caution is important to, for anyone to make sure that you're staying active and hopefully living a well-rounded lifestyle. But to think of kids across an entire spectrum, adults across an entire spectrum of income, diversity, gender, whatever the case, being able to pursue something that they can get access to and enjoy and thrive at, where maybe physical limitations or, you know, monetary restrictions in other ways don't allow you to like, that's crazy. Like that's just a more accessible world that I have a, a real passion for. And plus I just like to compete. So giving people that chance, I think is super healthy and fun. That's a great, that's a great story just on so many levels, you know, it's relevant now. If we'd have all turned into mush, then I guess you could have looked back and been like, this was a terrible thing, but, but seemingly the data doesn't, doesn't reflect that. You know, I think there was like, I mentioned in something I was a part of recently, like, you know, Columbine happened and people were really quick to attribute like video games, like these first person shooters, man, like that's, that's what did it. Like, this is the deal. And you had a lot of mom groups and a lot of different people that were like trying to build up momentum to squash a lot of this. And so I I just think it's like, it's good to remember kind of the past to help see and understand how it influences the today. And so, yeah, it, it was a crazy time. And I think it's uh always worth remembering. Absolutely. Yeah. And the awareness that is now being raised because there is still this lack of understanding. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, go ahead. Now I was going to say, I mean, with our group, I think we're very fortunate, like uh, our advisory board and the people that surround this kind of are a lot in the education space. 
And so I, I think there's this great balance of, you know, kind of the business and economics side of esports, particularly in our group, mixed with educators, people that are passionate. And so you, you can start to smooth some of that out when you surround yourself by people that are probably only looking for the greater good. And, That's you know, right. you have to find a sustainable economic model. That's so many are trying to understand that. But I think if at the heart, you have the passion for the people and for how it can help and be of benefit to their lifestyle, then you start out in the right places versus how can we just monetize this? And then I think that is, that leads to other issues down the way is how I feel today. Right. We've been, we've been talking to a lot of different cities and really trying to raise awareness around, you know, as things open back up, you know, what can happen. And I really, I am really excited for you guys around the outdoor um, festivals and what you're going to do. I also liked the concept when we first spoke about use what you have versus Mm -hmm. building, you know, let's look at what we have and and work with what we have. So can you talk a little bit about that? Like why Milwaukee? Yeah, well, I mean, I'll, I'll start out with, I think, maybe a specific example that I'm pretty bullish on right now. But of course, you know, everything's up in the air, but on the idea of building kind of with what you have. So we're super lucky. There is a event in Milwaukee called the Midwest Gaming Classic. It's been around for a little while, but it's held at the Wisconsin Center, which is one of our you know local places that can house 10, 20,000 people, right? Like it's a massive thing right in our downtown area. I mean, this Midwest Gaming Classic, while traditionally is focused on, I guess, let's just call it like the maybe retro video game space. It's continued to sort of diversify and have a number of different offerings to get it to, I want to say 10,000 attendees. I mean, it was really a really well-attended big time festival. And Dan Lucen, who's the gentleman who is kind of at the helm of that, that I've had a chance to coordinate with, you know, he's a big supporter and partner of our alliance. And so we've started to just talk about, hey, you've got this thing that's already attracting so many gamers and so many interested parties. You know, what might like, that might that look like as you evolve to include esports, and so we've been having some cursory conversations. Of course, last year it had to be canceled, but this year, you know, the hope is that we'll get the opportunity to do it. And so we've been talking about, hey, what would it look like to involve esports in this festival? And you know, cross fingers, we're working on a panel with hopefully bringing in some NFL guys who have gone from the NFL and really delved into the esports realm because we're blessed in Wisconsin. Amon Green, former Packer, is doing a lot of great work up at Lakeland University. There are others that some contacts in the region have contact to that say, hey, there might be something to this. So we're working at trying to bring them in for panel. You know, we just discovered the other day, which is one of the beauties of this thing is like the momentum continues to grow. We've got our discord server up, like people are coming in from all over the place. We just found out we have like a kind of a league or a group fighting games of Wisconsin that can put on these Tekken tournaments. And they have like all these people, like 200 plus people doing Tekken tournaments coming from Chicago, Europe, like Asia, all this stuff. And they were like, Hey, you know, the one thing we do need is a bigger venue. And so you're like, Oh, well, fun fact, like we just were talking to Dan about at MGC, the possibility. So now we're like, hmm, maybe we could have an NFL panel. Maybe we could have a tournament. Like it's just the dot connecting side. That's really interesting. Like there's a lot of that in Wisconsin or in this corridor, Milwaukee, Madison, Southern Wisconsin area. I don't live elsewhere. So it could be uh, minimal compared to other places. I know North Carolina seems to be doing a great job, but you know, like, so we're seeing that. So we're trying to build off of those things with what we have. And then in terms of just Milwaukee, you know, the region, you know, on our site, it lists all the bullet points, which a partner of ours visit Milwaukee could help provide as to why we're good. But, you know, things that come to mind are, you know, the international airport, the proximity to Chicago, 
all the hotels. Like if you're just looking for a place to host things, we've got it, particularly in the summer. I find it be a very good time to be here. But I'm actually really bullish on how the Alliance can be a part of that because I think prior to, if you had those ambitions, you would have maybe looked at all of those value props and said, well, great, but who do I talk to that gets what we're doing here? Right. I want to believe now we, with perhaps, you know, you guys, others could say, we've really got something where you can have at least the people who know what's going on lead you down the right paths. And so what do you need? Do you need high-speed internet? Do you need this type of a facility? Do you need whatever? I think we can connect those dots actually today, even more as we go forward. But yeah, I think our natural resources and infrastructure combined with now a group focused on it are kind of the in my mind, differentiating factor, but I wager and know from my other work in just economic development that every city is like, check out our hotels, you know, like, so I get it, but I think we've got some momentum there that maybe others haven't caught up to yet. Right. Right. And, and, and that's, and that's really bringing cities together and figuring out, you know, what does make us different, Mm -hmm. you know, what, what can we do? And, you know, it's just, it's great. Yeah, North, the Carolina, visit Raleigh, for example, you know, what great leaders that, that they've been. We just, we just had a, a video cast with them last week. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and like, and I would take the mindset of partnership with groups like those as above competition. I mean, I like, right. maybe it's naivety, but there's just never been a time in my life where I haven't found value both economically, as well as just from a development and improvement perspective with partnering. So if there are other groups like ours trying to form, like, listen, there's going to be opportunity to work together as this grows. So why don't we use like best practice? Why don't we communicate where it makes sense? And it doesn't always have to be a like here versus there. That's just like a personal thing. Again, could be naive. There are lots of elderly people that could say, oh no, you know, this is the way it's always done. And this is what we got to do. But I just don't believe that. I just think that good for them. Good for us. What can we do? Who do they know? Who do we know? And like, that's let's right. put it together. But. That's right. That's right. Well, it's, it's been really exciting to learn about what you guys are doing. And you're moving so quickly. It, it seems quickly. The, the, the site just launched. Was yeah, it? not long ago. Like I said, we're under six months in our formation. I've had to take a look in the mirror as well and kind of like try to draw some experience of like, I've, I've been a part of some organizations and some efforts that have like really taken off quickly and scaled. And this even felt different from those. I've had to just attribute it to COVID because for all of the negatives of which there are so many, the positive has been the speed of communication. I mean, it's, it's just, you know, if you're trying to make outreach, get connected, have a, have a chat, what formerly would have had to have been a coffee or let's grab dinner, let's grab lunch. It takes three months. I mean, you can knock out eight meetings in a night. You know, like you can knock them out really, really quickly and people are available. And so I just think that 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 in and of itself has really been timing wise. You know, you've got this interest in esports culturally continuing to grow at probably its own meteoric pace. And then you add in that like, hey, we started something during a time when all of a sudden you can connect like faster than ever. And so it just seems like that's where the speed and the pace has been coming from. So we'll see, you know, I mean, the, the start is always the fun part, (laughs) you know, everyone's excited at the beginning, you're all these projections and, oh my gosh, is we're gonna's it's the middle that really, I think dictates 
if you get to any of that stuff. And I do feel we've got a team that understands that and is in it for the long haul, not just the sexy launch when all of a sudden you got a fun logo and a website, right? Like then comes the real work, the sustainable economics, the partners that are in it to win it. You know, we look at you guys that way. I think that's that's what it takes. And so we're we're gonna be headed towards that area sooner than later. But I think I, we can do it. You you make me think of something. My my grandfather did not like the word grandpa. So I had to call him coach. Hmm. And and he was a senior citizen Olympian. He won the Olympics at 85 doing the backstroke. And, uh, you know, he was really serious about finishing. Mm. And so he taught me to be a finisher, you know, as a visionary, but to be a finisher was really, really an important message from him. And with this particular project, the eSports Trade Association, I must say that I don't think there's a finish. It's it's been the middle. It's been mm. the journey. And in I've worked over, in over 21 industries, managing associations, foundations, and societies. And what this association is so different about in this whole industry is I never have had a phone call, really, where it doesn't start or end with, how can I help you? Hmm. And I don't know if that's also COVID. I don't know if, if this is just an industry of just unbelievable compassion and collaboration, but it is so complimentary, competitive, collaborative, probably the greatest group of people I've ever worked with. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. And you got to wonder if there's some part of that with the gamification side of, I mean, you just, you think of industries, you think of things people have done over time. I got to assume that part of that is that this is gaming in many ways, not to sort of uh, lessen it, but uh, like something I'm trying to remind myself of often. And your story of your grandpa is amazing. I've just yesterday literally was putzing around on ancestry.com last night, like got like nine generations, you know, like it it was just a a reminder anyway of like what people will remember and sort of the stories. And uh, I'm reminded of just the time, right? Like I'm always thinking like, this is just time being spent. And sure, maybe there'll be a way to be compensated someday and all that stuff. But like, we're choosing to spend our time on this project and on these initiatives and efforts. And time is the most valuable resource we have. And so this ought to be fun. (laughs) You know, like there are other things in life that are not fun that maybe require time and require focus. But this one, I think, has that unique balance where it can be fun. It could earn a profit. And like, let's keep doing that. Like, let's not muddy it up with like the drama or the bureaucracy or the other ills that befall corporate society or even not-for-profit community. Like, so I'm with you. And who knows? Hopefully that stays around. If we're here in 30 years and it's gone the way we expect it to be, we can look back and go, huh. What do you know? But I hope that I hope, hope, hope that that positivity and that the focus on that this is like a, a gift, not like something that you have to muddle away in can be can be the outcome. Be cool. Yeah. One thing I, I that really stuck to me too and when we spoke is just so much that you've achieved through through your life. And I I I guess I, I'm thinking about the generation of gamers where it was kind of like made wrong, you know, sure. or, and, or made right. 
or, you know, and I just, I guess it's not a theory I have, like, how about just accepting mm-hmm. what someone enjoys doing mm-hmm. and not wrong or right. Like, you know, he is gaming or he is outside professionally or, or practicing for his baseball, right. Or yeah, yeah. collectibles, you know, having these hobbies for children, for our life and accepting what our hobbies are and what our passions are. And I think that, that had we really looked at not making this wrong of my kid is in my basement and it rather I'm, I'm getting stuck on the words, but rather it being communicated in a way of joy, excitement, mm-hmm. um, enthusiasm, positivity. Look at look at how the collaboration and communities just what happened in the stock market this week. Right. Stop. Esports or gaming is community. What the parents were missing out and understanding was kids were playing together. That's mm. what they were doing. Exactly what. Well, there was just a, there was just a misunderstanding with technology. You could yeah. probably explain that far better than me, but I'd love <laughs> you know I'd love to hear your take on it. Oh, I love it. I think it's really well said, and I, I appreciate the chance to sort of ruminate on it a little bit. Honestly, I mean, I think what comes to mind for me is, and I think it's applicable across way more than gaming. Mm-hmm. But I think I think my perception would be that when communication wasn't quite as available, you know, you had to sort of define and sort of put into place this sort of definition of what one did or didn't do. And oftentimes there wasn't much else to compare to because you had just your local community. And maybe a lot of times that led to fight or flight. Many, a lot of times that led to earning this income or not earning this income. And so you can look at situations and say, this situation leads to this outcome. We don't define that outcome as the appropriate or best one. And of course, faith and things played a lot of a role in this churches, right? Like think of local community things. And if I looked at today, I think to your point, which again, I really love the way you frame that is you would just say like, well, not every situation is the stereotype and your definition of a successful outcome may vary from other people's definition of a successful outcome. And like, now I have examples to back that up, like, and we could try it back to gaming, but Hey, I see you in the basement or I see you in the living room playing video games. And I saw on my nightly news, that kids who play video game do worse in school, that they are obese and that they're socially isolated that's not going to be you. So get off the video game. And like maybe fast forward 20 years later, and it could be a story of like, you're a D1 athlete. (laughs) You know, you got all of this stuff. Boy, I wonder, I'm not speaking to me. I'm speaking to other stories that I see and hear far more. I mean, look at the NBA athletes. Like you've got an entire generation of people that attribute gaming to a big part of who they are. So then it makes you question and think differently. And so maybe there's more opportunity to accept. And maybe there's just a way for people to to understand that outcomes can differ. Not every situation is the same. And to maybe, I love the, how you called your grandpa a coach, you know, maybe the role that we all call it as the adults, even amongst each other and specifically for the next generation can act as coaches, guides. Mm-hmm. Here's how you might think about this. Here's somehow, here's how it does go. Is that something you'd like? It may not be you, but I, you know, I think there's value in using what has happened to help show people a path, but maybe it's just less 
definitive now because we have more examples would be my thought on that. Isn't that great? Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, I mean, you know, I think I, I come from a family and others that would look at stereotypes as a very serious and thing to look out for. And so maybe I'll be that change agent for my family going forward, but it's interesting to think about and societally see it everywhere. I mean, it's, it's crazy. So. And before you go, can you tell us a little bit about your uh, collectibles? <laughs> yeah. I mean, retro video games, it's a, uh, it's a hobby for sure. And something I'm quite passionate about probably over the past two to three years, I got into it and I don't remember exactly how, but I think I might've seen an article about maybe a Mario selling for 150,000 or somehow I got kind of looped and I thought, oh, video games. I really liked those as a kid. I haven't played them in a little while, but like, hmm. And I started just looking into it and all of a sudden it like unleashed this floodgate of like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Uh, they say nostalgia is the drug of our uh, generation. And I just kind of thought like, wow, this is really cool. So I started collecting initially just games that I had had as a kid. And so I kind of was like on that path. And then I started kind of getting into games that I liked. I don't know if share screens available, but I can share with you just some of the things that I'm a part of. So this is one of the areas of a lower man cave, but essentially, you know, it's got all of the systems, regular Nintendo, Super Nintendo, 64, Genesis, Dreamcast, right? So like the posters on the wall, like, I don't know. I just found it to be a really memorable way to kind of get back into the good feelings of being a kid I've had tournaments with buddies where they come over. Like the fun thing is I am not alone. Like it is crazy and for good or for bad prices of video games have skyrocketed during COVID. I mean, it's like, I think others are sort of hearing the word and remembering also their youth. And so it's a lot of fun. You know, I had buddies over and we have Mario Kart tournaments and like you get some pizza and like just have fun, simple, easy fun. You know? And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's maybe spiraled out of control is too strong of a word, but it's been a lot of fun and it's something I've grown to really enjoy. Well, you know, we only have one childhood and it's very precious. Mm -hmm. So, you know, honoring our developmental years, you know, it, what a, what a way to, that you're, I mean, right there, that's, that's your, that's your what 16 year childhood legacy. Yeah, you know, and, and staying in touch with our child and having fun and with our souls I and mean, having soulful things around us. So important. Yeah. And it's just, you know, the, all of the old adages of a simpler time. <laughs> it sounds kind of mm. funny. Like it wasn't like corded telephones, right? Like I was born in 86. But I think that, you know, and even as an adult, time is restricted in many cases. And so, you know, I think like I can't generally sit down and be able to play games as I once did for hours and hours on end. I'd like to, but I might have 15 to 20 minutes and it's really easy to pop in Super Mario on Super Nintendo and try to beat a level in 15 minutes. And it's, you know, so there's just some, there's some real fun there uh, and the, the sound and sort of the experience and remembering it's, it's a lot. It really is like I've, I've had friends when they've come over, I'll just be like, all right, sit down. And I'll turn on this game. And just the moment the sound hits, you remember where you were, or you remember when you were doing this game. And so for a lot of people, it's kind of shocking. I mean, I think honestly, you're just like, oh man, like it brings you back in kind of a cool way because it combines audio, visual, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And that, that was really a, a great share showing us. Yeah. Good for you. Is that right around the corner of... Yep. Yeah. So that's around the corner from where we are today. 
And then, I mean, comically, you know, I try to always, you know, be the combiner of things. And so now where we're sitting today, this is what's in front of me. So <laughs> I tried to like build the modern sort of esports environment with having, you know, the screens and sort of all of the things needed to do modern gaming. But then I've got kind of a reflection or a throwback to the past. These are all old uh, arcade marquees that you'd have seen in arcades on different video games. And so now I've got all of those. So as I look and I'm like, you know, down here, COVID <laughs> quarantined, I can both have kind of a fun retro video game reminder as well as kind of that new modern feel, which is fun. Wow, that is great. So what would you like to leave us with? I'm just excited. You know, I think I always try to stay tempered to make sure you said, you know, your grandpa was a finisher and something I've always taken pride in is being able to think big and execute small. And so I think as, as if someone were listening to this, if they've you know spent the time and if they were thinking about, you know, partners and they look at someone like the Milwaukee Esports Alliance, you know, we're going to, we're a group of finishers. We're a group of people that have passion, connectivity, influence with an underlying ability to execute on detail. And so I think that we're going to, I think we've got a really positive future ahead. And if anyone out there wants to collaborate, get in touch, contact, you know, obviously you've got your group, which is like the prominent trade association for the country. You know, we can try to be and build that type of a thing here in Milwaukee. And so let's get in touch and let's start to make some stuff happen. That's great. It's been a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much, Brandon. Yeah. We can find you at, do you want to let us know the website? Yeah. So the website is pretty simple. It's just mkeesports.com. Right on. Thank you for listening. The Esports Connected Podcast is part of the Esports Future Eye Podcast Network and produced by Innovation Media Enterprises. If you love what you hear, please be sure to subscribe or follow and leave us a review. 